District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trades not for consignment, boy Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy This my advice, from me to you Open up your cute little podcast queue Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude Pop it in your ear, man, y'all know what to do It's the And I always be traded And I always be traded And I always be traded Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them Fish What is up, Fantasyland? We are back for our yearly, yearly special edition of It's a Trap. Dan, how many years? What are we on? Three, four of these we've, we've done now with uh, Noah? I think this might... This is the third for sure. I don't... I don't yeah, know. I think this is the third. This yeah. was pre, pre-weights, right? Pre-Noah with the weights behind him. So yes. this, is, this is the first time he brings them in. But no, in all, in all seriousness, guys, it, it's crunch time. It's that time of year. We know you guys are drafting all day, every day, as we are. So we do this this time of year to help you guys identify situations, players that you might want to avoid, whether that's based on ADP or just on the player, the situation itself. We bring in two of our favorites, Noah Riddell, as I mentioned, uh, at Noah Riddell on the Twitter machine, a high-stakes beast. As you see behind there, a weight beast as well can squat your car if if he needed to. And uh, Noah, Only I emergencies. This this might be one of my favorite shows. It is for sure one of my favorite shows. Might be my favorite show of the year. We always love having you, man. Welcome back to the district, brother. I am happy to be here. Kind of getting into the meat of draft season for myself. Didn't start quite as early as I have in the past, just with all the other things I've got going on. But uh, I've got drafts just about every day for the next week and a half. So it's going to be a going to be a busy period of time. But uh, I'm ready for it. It's going to be fun. I, I hope you have your charts ready. I, I've got a, an ETH chart that I want to go over with you uh, in, in a bit. Uh, but uh, as you guys can see here on my forehead, on my head, we got the moose on a hill. Tommy Libretti might be one of the coolest names, if not the coolest name in the fantasy land. Tommy, welcome back, brother. We're so pumped to have you tonight. Thank you guys for having me back. I'm really looking forward to it. Learning, uh, looking forward to learning a little bit something new today, perhaps with Noah on the show. I look forward to connecting with him. And like I said, it's, it's nice to be back on. So thanks for having me. Happy to have you. Shout out to the chat. You guys are, are rolling in. We're happy to have you drop your cues uh, in in the uh, in the chat tonight. We've got some uh, links for you guys in the comments. Make sure you check out our sponsors, our partners. They help us put this thing together for you guys. Uh, we're up to what four or five shows a week, guys. We're just bringing in the VIPs, and we're not going to waste any more time. Dan, why don't you get this bad boy started? All right, sounds good. All right, so let's let's start off with the quarterbacks a little bit, guys. Let's um, let's talk about the top eight quarterbacks. I think uh, most most drafters kind of see a, a pretty clear top eight, uh, basically Josh Allen to Trey Lance. Um, are you guys fading any of those top eight, and if so, why? 
Um, why don't Why don't we start with uh, Noah? Go ahead and uh, hit us with that. Yeah, I think the top eight is. I can I can see why they are the top eight. I understand why people are taking them there. I think the one that I'm the most cautious with, the one I probably won't have much of at his ADP, is actually Joe Burrow, and uh, that's mostly just. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a wide range of outcomes for that team, and um, I think expecting him to somewhat underperform expectations is a reasonable way to play it, um, especially from a health standpoint. I, I think there's the biggest flaw in his game is that he holds the ball way too long, and, and their offensive line is a little bit better um, with bringing in Lyle Collins, but I, I don't think that. I expect Joe Burrow to hold up for the full season, especially with some of the health issues he's already been having. So of all the guys in that group of top eight at ADP, I'll probably have the least of Joe Burrow, which is, I like the player. It's just the the situation. I think there's a lot more uh, ways that this goes poorly for him. All right. Sounds good. Tommy. Um, as far as the top eight go, I'm not necessarily fading anyone because of the player profile and what they represent. It's more about my roster build. I generally like to wait until that tier is coming off the board. And once the first five, six guys go, that's when I start focusing in and cross-referencing you know, my draft sheet, my player ranks. And if I have a specific target of mine, if, if you want to call Lance the number eight on that list... He's, he's a guy that I'm, I'm looking at a lot. And if, if he's still, you know, lingering around during the drafts in that seventh round, eighth round or so, I'll definitely pounce. But I'm, I'm definitely monitoring where those top seven guys are going, and I'll make my move from there. All right. Makes sense. JD? Uh, top five are tier for me up to Murray. Uh, if I can get the the fifth guy and and it's in a good spot i'll take it i don't have a lot of the first guys as much as i like them i've got to force my builds when i you know when i'm taking one of these guys in the third or fourth round but i do like getting uh murray because he usually falls as the last one i have uh, quite a bit of bro just because you know people are off him this year i find i i do think this team keeps throwing the ball and uh you know health health aside I don't see why they stopped doing what they were doing last year when they got to the Super Bowl. And, and I mean, this guy's just going, he's just getting started. So I see improvements with Burrow. Yeah, I agree with Noah with where he ranks in, in the top eight. He, he is the eighth guy for me. But I also fit him in with like the guys going after him, you know, like Russell Wilson, Brady, um, and uh, Prescott. So I think if you can get, uh, you know, whether you want one of those guys, because, you know, and maybe you can ask these guys about kind of Eric's bully quarterback in these one QBs where he wants two of these guys I like to get one and then I'll take one later or if a guy in the the second tier falls I'll take them as my QB too but I I find there's so much depth at QB I'm curious to see what you guys think about uh taking two from these top tiers uh when it comes to quarterbacks in a one QB for for me uh well for me I mean I I don't know about you guys like I'm a Josh Allen fan and and any dynasty team that I have Josh Allen I love it and I've drafted him before um in times when he's a value but you just don't see him being a value um a lot of times he's going so much higher than like QB2 um and you know I could see a I could see a path where a few of these guys uh, outscore Allen this year and Allen could still have a fine year but it's very hard to repeat as QB1 overall so for me it's probably Josh Allen 
Um, a guy who, you know, I don't question, um, you know, how good a player he is, but it's really how much of an advantage do you get by taking Josh Allen over QB2? Um, you know, I know Noah has talked about, you know, his, his thoughts on, on Herbert um, mm-hmm. and how bullish he is on Herbert. And I, I, I agree with Noah on that. You can get Herbert, you know, 15, 20 spots behind Allen sometimes. I did an FFWC 350 the other day, and FFWC is uh, is four-point passing touchdowns. Um, it's not like NFFC where it's six-point. But I got Patrick Mahomes like 33 spots behind Josh Allen. I mean, I think that's going to I was going to say to you, I'm looking at last night's main event, uh, the latest. Allen went in the fourth. Maybe you can let us know where Allen needs to fall for you to want to take him. And then the next guys, Lamar, Patrick, and Herbert in the sixth round. Yeah. So three yeah. rounds later, man. I mean, you're, like you said, the difference. Yeah. The, the way that I would say it is that ADP, ADP would tell you that there's a, a tier one that has one player in it, and it's Josh Allen. And then there's a tier break, and then you have seven quarterbacks that are kind of in a group because th- that next seven quarterbacks go in a group that's as tight as the gap between Josh Allen and the next quarterback to go. So, you know, it, to put them as these are your top eight. Okay. Well it's priced as Josh Allen is a full tier ahead of everybody else. And there's a gap between them. So I, I would and, kind of agree with Theo's point there. There's other guys that have a chance to, to unseat him as the top quarterback, and it's not really priced that way. Which is similar to the tight end position if you've got Kelsey up there, in my opinion. Right. And, J.D., and JD look at some of the players, like not quarterbacks, but look at some of the players who go next to Josh Allen. Gabe, in like Gabe Davis, Allen Robinson, Juju, Waddle, Deontay, McLaurin. You know, those are all guys that are in that, in that fourth round. Yeah, so it's opportunity cost. I mean, you might see – you've seen ETN start to drop to fourth rounds. Brees Hall's living in the fourth round. You can get a Kittle or a Waller if you want to go that it's way. So it's it's like, is around there. Yep, Mike Williams. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's kind of – for me, it's an opportunity cost, and, and I won't be drafting Josh Allen this year if I've got to take him, you know, spots above guys who I think can outscore him, even though I do think, you know, he's he's a fine – he's a he's going to be a fine player, um, but I think he could hurt you um, looking at the guys you're going to pass up to take him. Tommy, Matthew wants to know any any concerns with Dak with the latest news? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dak starts out on fire. He looks like an MVP candidate every year, the first quarter of the season, first five, six games, if you want to call it that. And then, you know, something just happens. Like, you know, the offense, he try, he's trying too hard. The offense is falling apart in a sense. They want to feature the running game a little bit. They get lost. They, they lose their identity. And I've never really featured or paid attention to Dak so much. So he's a player that... I actually wound up taking him in the prime time the other night just because he fell so so far and I was avoiding the quarterbacks a little bit. But he's not a guy that I generally like to target. So with his latest news, it doesn't impact me in, in any way because I'm going to probably continue fading him. Fair enough. Uh, um, Noah, you're you're in the area there. Do you have anything to add with, with Dak or Dallas? Well, I think that they got rid of his – second best offensive tackle and his second best receiver in order to continue to pay a bad running back. And, you know, I like the player. It's just his number two receiver right now is probably Noah Brown, maybe Jalen Tolbert. Um, you know, they got Dalton Schultz, who's just, he's an he's okay possession type tight end, but you know, CD lamb is going to get all the targets he wants. You know, he's going to get 10 targets a game. Most likely he might push 200 targets this season because they don't really have anybody else. Um, it is 
promising, I would say, that Michael Gallup so far has avoided the pup list. So they could have saved a roster spot by putting him on the pup list for the first four games. And so maybe there's some hope that he's back earlier than we've all been thinking. But they need to get Michael Gallup back. So, you know, to the Moose's point, um, Dak may not be able to start as fast as he has in the past because he's trying to break in a rookie uh, wide receiver who is going to have to start from day one and uh, doesn't really have all the reps with him yet. So I'd be a little bit concerned about Dak just because they haven't done him any favors with their roster building, and then now they've lost their left tackle, so they're going to have to take a rookie pick in Tyler Smith and stick him at left tackle to start the season, which you know means they'll probably have to bring in an additional tight end and chip and everything else to try and make sure they have protections right, and that just makes it harder to throw down the field when you're throwing against extra defenders. So. I would agree that there's there's some concerns there. What what do you think are the odds that uh, Dak ends up using his legs more um, as a result of all that? Not great. Um, I think he he'll use them more than last season for sure. Last season he wasn't quite healthy, but it you know his first three seasons in the NFL he had six rushing touchdowns each season. I would expect him to be under six this year but um and as far as rushing yards he'll probably be lower than he averaged in his first three seasons but definitely more than last season he's a lot healthier than he was last year so it it would give give us a just kind of a ballpark on his rushing yards are you talking like 300 400 Uh, i have him at i think like 348 something like that okay so 348 4.6 days and for those who don't know it noah noah is uh is, is in the Dallas area, so he's very plugged into the Cowboys and what's going yeah. on there. So, uh, you know, that's if, if you're wondering why we're asking all these specific questions, he's probably mm-hmm. the guy with his uh, ear to the ground, the, the best on that one. Yeah, I think Jake Ferguson might be a little bit more involved than people expect this season, early on as a blocker, but then receiving a little bit as well as their number two tight end. Um, they, they drafted him this season, and he's already – kind of gotten up to speed more quickly than tip tight ends typically do. Now he's not going to be, you know, threatening Dalton Schultz or anything like that, but he's already probably a better blocker than Dalton Schultz. And so he's going to see some snaps. Okay. Good to know. Good to know for sure. Good, good to know it in an offense is going to be looking for, for guys to target, right? Yeah. 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 Dalton Schultz is going to get plenty of targets just yeah. by necessity. All right. Uh, next, next question. I kind of, I kind of shove two tiers of quarterbacks together. We, we kind of have the Brady Wilson, Dak Stafford tier, and then there's usually a little break and that's Kyle Rogers cousins in some order. Um, are, are you guys fading anyone from that tier of quarterbacks? Um, uh, you know, we kind of covered Dak, I think pretty well already, but, uh, anybody else from those tiers that you're fading? Uh, Theo. Um, not really. In, in NFFC, I've, I'm more apt to kind of draft a, a Brady. Um, you know, it's I think that he's it kind of works well with the correlation and the six-point passing touchdowns. Um, in FFPC, I've found myself drafting that that top tier more often. Um, I would be open to, like, a, a Russell Wilson team, you know, potentially uh, if I got really stuck using another guy. I'm not, like, forcing quarterback – I just think you get to a spot in these FFPC main events and the football guys where quarterback is the value, where the most impactful thing is having exposure to a Lamar. Like, it's like that seventh round. 
where it's uh you know the Hurts, Lamar, Kyler Murray's down to like Trey Lance in the eighth. Um, Andrew Schellenberg and, and 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 I are splitting a team with the Guilds, and we took Trey Lance in the eighth round today. Like, I can see a path where guys in that tier um, kind of smash, and it's kind of hard for me to see that next tier in like a four-point passing touchdown league. Um, you know, really finishes QB one overall. I think that the QB QB uh, position is actually ranked pretty accurately. I'll be interested to see what you guys have to think about that. But I think like. <laughs> It's 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 a it, it's pretty fair where the guys are going and, and where they're ranked and I think that if somebody's going to be QB one overall it's from like that tier from like QB two through eight more likely than somebody behind them like we saw with like Lamar in twenty nineteen. Yep, makes sense. Uh, Tommy, what you got on that? No, I think that's really well said. I think the the rankings for the quarterbacks this year are spot on. They're accurate. I as well am targeting like you know the, the the brady the staffords because if you told me at year's end that one of those two guys could win league mvp could they do it absolutely and with six points per touchdown in the nffc those are quarterbacks that i generally like to target you know even if you have a guy like trevor lawrence who's supposed to take the next step up is he necessarily going to be better than a kirk cousins no so he's ranked appropriately therefore i do like the majority of the quarterbacks this year. I don't think you can really go wrong unless you wait a little bit too long. There's certainly a cutoff at the end, but that's telling me that you have a powerhouse at the wide receivers, at the, at the running backs. You probably even have an elite tight end in there. So you could definitely make up ground with waiting on your quarterbacks. And there are serviceable guys that are in that ninth, 10th round for sure. All right. Sounds good. Um, Noah, any thoughts on uh, that group of quarterbacks? Yeah. Um, some of some of mine might not be very popular, but um, I'll have a lot less of Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford than consensus. I think this season, um, just uh, those are the those are the two of that group that I probably am the lowest on versus everybody else. Um, overall, I'm I'm lower on the Bucks. I think than most people are, and in fact, I, I think that the Bucks might not even win their division. So. That's probably considered a hot take, but uh, I think there's a lot that's changed with the Bucks. You know, last season, Tom Brady was all in, and, you know, I, I came on this show and I told you guys that Tom Brady was going to have his best season ever, and, uh, and I think that he came pretty close, if not did, have his best season ever last year. But this isn't the same team this year, and I don't think that Tom Brady's is all in. You know, he came back because he doesn't know how to let go. You know, he, he retired because he knew he wasn't going to be all in again this season. And, and Gronk retired, too, and Gronk is not going to come back. But I don't think that Tom Brady's as all in this season as he has been in the past, but he doesn't know how to let go. And I think their offensive line is a mess compared to what they had last year. I think they've got three or four new starters, depending on how all of this shakes out. Um, they lost the second-best guard in the NFL in Allie Marpet when he retired. And uh, I think things are going to be a little bit messy there. And some of the flaws that have been perfumed over by Tom Brady playing as well as he has and the offensive line being as effective as they have been will become a little bit more exposed. You know, like they were the worst team in the NFL based on the metrics that I track at decision making as far as, you know, when they go for it versus when they kick versus when they punt 
the last two seasons they've been bottom of the NFL decision making because um, it's it's kind of like Bruce Arians has gotten to spend the last couple of years smelling his own farts because Tom Brady's been the ultimate perfume. But uh, I I just feel like some of the cracks that have been developing for a while there are going to get a little wider this year. And you know I I'm not going to have much of Tom Brady. I'm not going to have much of Leonard Fournette. You know, if we get into running back uh, fades, I'm not going to have much Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to have much Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, JD. Did you have Did you have Cousins in there, Dan? I did. Boy yes. Cousins. Yep. Yeah, I I just love the value you get with Cousins. He was a top twelve quarterback at the last two seasons. Now you come in with a fresh new regime that's going to spark up that that aerial offense. JJ's still there. The one one for next year. I mean, what's there not to love with with Cousins at his price in the thirteenth round? Uh, kind of at this. He's the Rodney time. Dangerfield of quarterbacks. He's definitely. <laughs> he just doesn't get no respect. <laughs> he gets. He, no he's respect. taking on Tony Romo's title there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I, I just uh, that's that's my only add to what you guys. Are. I mean, I'm pretty flat with all these guys. Rogers, just because I base my quarterback a lot on my build, similar to what Tommy was talking about. So Rogers, maybe the the guy I have the least owned, uh, but you know, not far off the other guys, just because, you know, I'm not a big Lazard guy. The Lazard's not sexy yet. When Lazard gets sexy, then maybe I'll uh, get some more Rogers shares. There you go. So keep yeah, waiting, I, JD. I know, I know. Ta- <laughs> Tanyan's there. I could do a Tanyan stack. I, I've had the hardest time hit clicking draft on uh, Stafford and Rogers, I guess, probably the most. Um, I'll take Cousins over Carr pretty much every day. Um, I, I just feel like the setup is a little bit better for Cousins, and he's also got the proven uh, track record. Um, he's generally a top 12 quarterback, has been uh, for, I think, for the past five years, whereas Carr has only been a top five quarterback or top 12 quarterback one of the last five years. And I know, you know, two different offensive systems coming in for these guys definitely changes things. But, uh, you know, I, I think quarterback talent kind of tends to show itself through a little bit. Um, especially over time like that. So I, I have Cousins pretty safely ranked ahead of, of Carr uh, for that reason. All right. Um, what, wanna... what, uh, what 1912 wants to get the take on Justin Fields, and I'll kind of fold that into a larger question. Uh, let's just go around real quick. Uh, everybody, your favorite quarterback to take once all of the uh, quarterbacks we just talked about are gone. So, you know, as you're definitely into uh, – getting well into the second quarterback tier um jd who's who's your favorite guy uh i like fields because he's dropping right now in value and i love uh, that's kind of why i like stafford and brady they they fell in value you know whether people are worried about injuries or whatever um i like winston what he offers i think people forget what he did in tampa uh, a few years ago if he can come back strong especially with those moves he's got in his uh in his uh training camp or whatever he's doing at home matt ryan i love i love what he offers uh obviously in indy hopefully he improves that offense and those are probably the guys that i hit the most often in in this uh tier all right um tommy great call with winston i think he has sneaky top 12 upside as far as yardage goes if, if that team could just gel and and you know get it together over there i think he's got a real good shot He's going to air it out. Nothing's going to stop him from doing it. And, uh, you know, as far as a dart play late round, you know, I, I like what I'm reading and seeing with Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I think that team is quietly developing a little bit of chemistry, something that they lacked last year. I like the receivers on that team. I like the playmakers. 
you know, Evan Ingram is getting a lot of talk now. You know, he's moving back up in the top 12 ranks as far as the tight ends go. ETN is going to be something that he didn't have last year. Robinson is still a guy that's on the team. If they could just improve on that offensive line, and he's got running ability as well, Trevor Lawrence has sneaky upside. All right. Sounds good. Theo? Lord, I, I agree with uh, JD's call on, on Winston. Winston's never finished below quarterback 14 any year he's been an NFL starter, so he's being drafted lower than his, his all-time low as a starter. Um, and I think I do like his weapons. I like I like Alave, I like Kamara. Um, but for me, I'll agree with Tommy. It's Trevor Lawrence. I think that he's got the most upside of like that next year. I like Justin Fields. I have huge concerns about their offensive line. Um, and I think that the lack of weapons to go with the – I mean, that O-line, like they don't even know who's starting yet. It's a mess. Um, and they might start a fifth-round uh, rookie on the offensive line. So I worry a little bit. And they certainly didn't show a whole lot on the drives that Fields were, were in this preseason. I know that's a very small sample size, but you'd like to see them move the ball downfield a little more uh, in the preseason. So for me, it's Lawrence, um, but I like J.D.'s call as well. All right. Noah? Uh, in that group of, you know, basically the quarterbacks that are free, uh, I, I like Matt Ryan. Um, these, these are guys that you can get after everyone else has already gotten a quarterback. But I, I like Matt Ryan in that group. Uh, Trevor Lawrence I think is fine as well. Um, I actually like Matt Ryan a good amount. I, I think he's going to have a good season. I think the Colts are going to have a good season. I've actually got the Colts going to the Super Bowl this year. As nice. Well. I, uh, I love my that. Takes. Love that, Noah, as a Colts. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting spicy. I've got Colts versus 49ers for my hot takes. Oh, I love that. Wow. And who wins, uh, Noah? Who wins? Say it for JD. Say it for JD. 49ers. Oh, Sorry, JD. oh, oh dagger in the heart. <laughs> but I, I, I like Matt Ryan a good amount. Um, it, for, for guys that are really, just, just really Just don't cheap. tell me they're up 28 nothing at the half, please. No, it will see that it would be the uh, Matt Ryan versus um, Lance. It will be Matt Ryan versus his old coach. Um, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. For, yeah, it's Shanahan versus Matt Ryan for the Redemption Bowl at that point, right? Who's going right. to choke the bigger lead? Great. Um, but then I, I like Daniel Jones as a guy that's basically free that nobody wants, and you can get him as maybe the 27th quarterback off the board. Um, I think anytime you go away from Jason Garrett, there's there's really no direction to go but up. Um, I think people are generally excited about drafting Jets when they should be more excited about drafting Giants. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I I've got Trevor Lawrence. I take uh, a good bit. Justin Fields occasionally. Uh, Jameis I like to take. And uh, going way deep. I mean, you know, if I if I like am doing a you know, best balls, feel like I need a third quarterback, we're down to the dregs, or I'm doing a super flex. Uh, Davis Mills is a third quarterback. I don't mind that at all either. I think he's a better quarterback like it. than most most people uh, give him credit for. So, ba- ba- Baker's like the life jacket. Like, he's like, if you really screwed up and you got, like, he's the last guy I find is Baker. And then Jimmy G is like the, like you're drowning. You know, they <laughs> yeah. just, they threw you like a piece of wood and, you know, grab on a Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G is the uh, the door, um, you know, from the Titanic, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Dan, you you, yeah. you get me, Dan. You get me. Yes. So I have a good I have a good amount of Superflex teams that have Davis Mills, and uh, you know, like Davis Mills, Daniel Jones, and uh, Baker. Just as if if I'm just going with three towards the end, and I faded the position, I'll, I'll take those guys. I don't mind Davis Mills at all. 
back there. Yep. Yep. Totally makes sense. I, I, I see that definitely. Um, so let's, let's just switch over real quick to the first round in general. Uh, you know, out of the usual first round picks, you know, and there's probably like 16 of them or so that commonly go in the first round. So we can be a little bit loose with it, but who are you guys fading out of that first round? Is there anybody that you're completely fading? Um, let's, let's hit Tommy first on this one. It's All running backs for Tommy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be a popular take, but again, it has a lot more to do with roster construction than anything, but probably McCaffrey. I'm going to avoid. And it's, <gasps> it's, it's, it's a little on the scary side, but... How dare you? He's missed... You know, he's, he's missed, what, 25 games in the last few years. I understand that once you fork up these entry fees that you want to win and you need guys with upside that are going to take a title down and you want to lean on one workhorse, no doubt about that. But I'm just confident that I could find that later on in the first round, in the middle of the first round, and then surround that player with the rest of the draft. And if you're picking him one overall, between picks two and 24 – that's a long time to wait to try and build around Christian McCaffrey. And then if you're in the NFFC with a third round reversal, your second and third rounders, they need to be home run hits in order for that thing to really work. And I love McCaffrey. It's just that, you know, we're all chasing LaDainian Tomlinson and they just don't make the guy anymore. He's the closest thing I think we've had to it, but there are a lot of concerns for me, but I totally understand how you can build around him and win and have a dynamite team for sure all right sounds good uh theo so i think that you know derrick henry is the one that a lot of people are going to be fading um and i have certainly haven't taken derrick henry but uh, the the guy that i'm have on this list that kind of stands out is Najee harris for me um he goes 11th overall um in the main event right now the last few um main events um, but you occasionally see him in a NFFC primetime or an FFPC main event go like seven. Like sometimes people really push him up. Um, I think there's a chance that we saw Harris's best year as a pro in his rookie year. Um, I, I really like him. Um, but again, he led the league in, in, I believe he led the league in carries. And I know he led all running backs in receptions. Um, and we're seeing a different Pittsburgh Steelers team now. Roethlisberger is gone. I think that they're going to try to lean on Harris, but I don't see him having enough upside that he can win you leagues, um, even getting him at 11 overall. Um, Derrick Henry's an easy fade, too. I'll throw him out just because of his usage and his age. However, the, the one thing that's kind of leading me off of that, where he's a true, true fade, is – he was on pace for the most receptions of his career. And I think there's a chance, just a small chance, that the Titans coaching staff might find a way for him to catch 40 balls this year, um, which would be, you know, adding some unknown upside to what he could do that way. He had 18 receptions in eight games, um, which is one off of his career high. So I don't know. For me, it's Najee Harris. I think you can make a – I'm not advocating a Henry pick, but – they're both kind of fades for me, but but Harris is the one that I just don't see, you know, having that massive, massive upside that's going to win you leagues. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson caught 40 balls once, allegedly, in a year. 
Uh, I, I should even say in a season because in a year it could be somehow construed differently probably. But uh, anyway, uh, Noah, what you got on this one? So of the players in the first round, the guy that I'll probably have the least of is just is Kelsey, if we're talking about FFPC specifically. And that's mm-hmm. just because it's, it's similar to what Theo was talking about on the quarterback position with Josh Allen because – I kind of have Kelsey more in the same range as um, where I've got Pitts and where I have um, a couple of guys. Yeah, yeah, Andrews and Pitts. I've got those guys in the same range as where I've got Kelsey. And so for me to pay like a full round or a round and a half of premium to take Kelsey at 106 as opposed to getting one of those guys around later – I just find myself clicking the button on someone else. I do somewhat understand taking Kelsey there, though, because once you get through the top four, it, it kind of just falls into a wash of a whole tier of guys together. You know, it, it, once you get to Cup is gone and and you're, you're into pick five, pick six of the first round, you, you, know, you can take Eckler there or you can move up one of those other receivers. So I, I understand why people take him there. It's just that for me, I kind of see him more in the group with Andrews and Pitts, and I'd rather just wait. So I don't, I won't have very much of him. You know, the the thing with Najee and with Derrick Henry is just any way that I try and project it, the volume is still really high there, unless I try to interpret their offense as being different than what it's been in the past. So you know, I I understand them being picked where they are. I don't have a ton of either one. But from a projections and volume standpoint, you know, I, I think that there's a good case to be made for them being up there. So I don't really have that many first round fades. Um, you know, Jamar Chase is, is a guy that I don't have a ton of just because, you know, if, if, if anything happens to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase's efficiency is going to go way down. But I, I don't mind him, though. So I don't have a lot of first round fades, but Kelsey is probably the number one guy on that list for me. All right. Sounds good. JD? Guys, smash the like button and listener league. Stay tuned for details at the end of uh, today's amazing episode. I'm just going to add this. Then I talk about my player ownership, not because not I think you guys care or anyone cares, because I walk the walk. 3% ownership on those two guys, Kelsey, Henry. All I got to say about Henry is this. Just under 1,000 rush attempts in the last three years, 29-year-old in a non-ascending offense Tell me that Tennessee is an ascending offense. I might give you a little, but there's way too many better options. Opportunity cost in the first round is is just too tasty for me to to hit Henry more often than my 3%. And to, to Theo's point about potential for Henry to catch more balls, they have nobody to throw the ball to right now. So, you know, if, if they were ever going to find a spot to throw the ball to Derrick Henry, you know, having lost A.J. Brown, they drafted Traylon Burks to replace A.J. Brown, and they seem to hate him. Um, so, <laughs> and, you know, they've got Robert Woods, but Robert Woods is, you know, coming off of an injury. They have a really, really bad group of receivers right now. So if they were ever going to try and get Derrick Henry involved in the passing game, this would be the year. But, again, I, I, can, I can see J.D.'s point as well, that the offense as a whole probably regresses. And that means bad things for Derrick Henry's goal line touches. So I understand yeah. it both ways. When, when, they're can, talking can up their rookies, when they're talking up the rookie slot receiver as uh, being, uh, you know, the, 
the star of camp. Um, that that tells you something <laughs> about the receiver group. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe Kyle, Kyle Phillips is good, and we should be listening to that. But still, that tells you something about the rest of the guys. Yes, Theo. So I had a follow-up for JD, and it's a follow-up for pretty much all of you guys. Um, and it's just when we get to this time of the year, you occasionally see fades, guys where, you know, maybe the sharp money is completely off, really fade. Where would be a JD, really question for you, where would be a spot for you where you would, would take Henry, where you'd say that this opportunity is too good? Like, I bring back our hard way draft that we did in May. Um, you know, and Austin Martin is certainly not drafting the hell out of Derrick Henry, but he fell to him at 207 or 208, and he fell on the grenade and he took him um, because it was just too good a value right there. You know, I've seen him go at 209 in a main event I wasn't in. Um, where would be a spot where you would be comfortable taking him, J.D., in a regular, you know, football guys or a main event? I'll take Swift, Barkley, Kamara ahead of him, and then I'm deciding when it gets to Jones and Fournette, but I'm probably taking Henry ahead of those guys. So, so, but, and then would you potentially take him, like, in the second round over some of those second-round wide receivers, too? If he fell to, like, 208... Are you taking Derrick Henry? Is that That's the thing Noah? for me, where it's yeah. For any of I, guys, I get what you're like, saying. It always depends on what I did in the first round, and and you know, kind of how the room's going. But I see what you're saying. It's just I'm not really looking for him. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't really yeah. fall there. I don't. The, the problem is with with Henry is he doesn't fall out of value. It's kind of like we what we talked about with Allen. They just don't really fall out of value because guys. Like they get to the end of the the first round on the back end, it sucks being on the back end because you're de- deciding between like Devonte Adams, Ceedee Lamb, and then like a handful of running backs. So they throw Henry in there because he's the next guy, and I, I feel like Henry never. I don't know. I don't see him go into the the middle or the end of the second. What do you think, Tommy? Like Tommy, you, you, we we draft in New York next week, um, and yeah. that's going to be a really every table will be a really sharp one. Like you could see Henry really fall in one of those. Where where would be a spot that you think he could fall to at those tables? I was just in an NFC primetime the other night and you know, for comparison's sake, Nick Chubb won in the fourth round. Ooh. So if you want to compare the two, you know, Henry's obviously the superior player, but if he's falling in that late second, which I, I certainly think is a possibility, that's just the current temperature in the room. And you don't want to follow what everyone else is doing. But there's a reason for that. And Henry's one of these players where you want to stay ahead of the curve. You don't want to draft him this year. And then, you know, it just breaks off now. Mm -hmm. Now that the tires are gone and now he's just a player that's going to be in the fifth round next year. You want to stay ahead of the curve. And I think this year represents that. Well put. All right. Uh, Noah, any thoughts on that? Anywhere? where Where would you take Henry? How far would he have to fall? I mean, once you get into the second round, I'm fine taking Derrick Henry, especially if, if it makes sense with the rest of my build. Like if I've gone Stephon Diggs or CeeDee Lamb in the first, I don't have a problem taking Derrick Henry in the second. I mean, really, it's it, he's going to be a top six running back or he's going to be injured. Yeah. Um, if he stays healthy, uh, I don't really see a whole a whole lot of outcomes where he's not really good. So Right. You, you, you know that you're playing him if he's – if he's in uh, the Titans lineup, he's in your lineup. Yeah, 100%. yeah, you, so. you're you're starting him every week, so uh, yep, I'm fine with with taking him, especially in the leagues where I get bonus points for long touchdowns, because once he gets ahead of steam, there's not much stopping him. Yeah, that's definitely a chain, game changer there. Yeah, yep, yep, for sure. Okay, um, JD, should we uh, should we make our sponsors happy here? 
You yeah, let, to say? let's do it. Uh, and I'm going to tie in the, the, the listener league. Guys, the FFPC right now is just balling, literally. I mean, you've got the main event, a million dollars, guys, right now, the main event. It's filling up. Whether you want to dra- uh, draft in Vegas live with Dan, Theo, I know Andrew's going to be down there, Noah. I mean, guys, there's nothing funner than going down to Vegas and doing live drafts with these with these ballers uh, in these high-stakes leagues. you got the, the football guys. 500 grand for first, 350 buy-in. You could do that right now online. You've got the best ball tournament, $125 buy-in, 200 grand grand prize, guys, for a best ball tournament. And it just shows how best balls come such a long way. You've got the Superflex 2 uh, going right now for $35. Dynasty startups are flowing. And I don't know about this new term- Terminator tournament, Dan. You know anything about this thing? Or, or, or Theo, I haven't uh, jumped into to the waters. You guys know any deets on this thing? Yeah, I've I've done it before. It's uh it's kind of a fun little tournament. Basically, you uh, every you start off with uh, it's almost like best ball, in that you uh, you don't have any waiver runs or anything like that. So you know, for those of us who have way too many ra- waiver runs already, that becomes very appealing. But what you do have to do is you do have to cut a player every week um, until the last week. So you'll start off with uh, I guess they start off with 20, 27 players and you get down to ten. Um, you know, and then, um, the top, I believe the top four from each league, um, through week 13, no, through week 14, um, then the top four from each league, uh, make it into a, an overall championship chase. And, uh, I forget what the grand prize is. I 20, I was just going to say just another way for you guys to win 25 grand playing fantasy. You know what That's I'm saying? It. Online on the best site, myffpc.com. There's a link below, guys. You click on it. As soon as you click on it and you sign up your your uh, account, you get a sign up bonus. Let us know in the comments if you use the link or if you sign up. How you you know how you find it? Let us know. Uh, give us some feedback. But we'll sh- we're sure you guys are gonna love it. Go check them out. Myffpc. Uh, like we said, guys, big partners. They help us out uh, get this product out to you guys. Dan, where are we going next? All right, so let's hit uh, let's hit running backs. Um, who? Let's just go around real quick. Who are your total fades at running back? Um, and JD, why don't you start us off? Uh, fades at running back. Who are you fading completely? Yeah, I talked about Henry. Uh, Zeke is another one that I I have not drafted much. Acres, uh, I was in early in the season, uh, just backed off completely. Those are kind of, I, I mean, it's it's hard to say fades. Like a CEH is, is a, a guy that I fade. I, I don't fade often. Like I'm usually based on where they're going and, and the, you know, all the other stuff that we uh, kind of consider when we're making decisions. But those guys I, I am fading when I'm looking at the first, uh, kind of that first eight rounds of the draft. Okay. Um, Noah, we got the fade. Uh, so I already mentioned Leonard Fournette just because I'm, I'm lower on the Bucks than consensus. You know, I feel like Leonard Fournette is being mostly drafted at his uh, ceiling, not not close enough to his floor for me to be that interested. Um, you know, he typically goes mid to late second round, and uh, you know, ahead of guys like Nick Chubb and some other players that I'm more interested in. You know, I would much rather just take a wide receiver or a tight end in that range. You know, like I. I'll take Kyle Pitts over Leonard Fournette any day. So I'm I'm not going to really end up with much Leonard Fournette. Um, And then I really don't 
like the running backs that are going in the fourth or fifth rounds. So um, I don't I think Cam Akers is a total fade for me because I think that they're changing things a little bit in L.A. and they're going to have both running backs play where in the past, whoever's been the healthy guy has played almost all of the snaps. I think they're moving away from that a little bit this year based on all of the things that uh, that they've been saying through Cam. And I think Cam Akers has been one of the worst running backs in the NFL while he's played on a just like per touch efficiency standpoint, you know, from yards created or EPA per play, all, all that kind of stuff that I look at. It's been, you know, Cam Akers has been pretty consistently at the bottom of the list. So, you know, if, if he suddenly has a, a year where he finds it again, that, that's great, but I'm not going to have a lot of him and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm also not taking much of, David Montgomery. I'm not taking much of Brees Hall. So that whole fourth, fifth round set of running backs is a, a fade for me. You, you might get pushed back on one of those round four uh, running backs from, from Theo or, or, or one of us. Uh, you guys thinking here. Brees Hall? Yeah, but but Andrew's got a question for you there in the chat. Okay, what's the, what's the question? He's asking, are, did you squat yet? You're going to show us a squat or what? <laughs> uh probably probably not a squat i did i did deadlift and i'm probably not going to do a deadlift right now because i've got 415 pounds on the bar and i don't want to do that without warming up if you guys want to see like an overhead press or something like that with uh some 90 pound dumbbells i could do that i, I think we got to close out the show like that because you know andrew's in yeah. the la quinta the la quinta hotel gym right now and he's he's, yes. he's trying to throw match those stacks but i, I don't know okay yeah, we we can do some overhead presses later awesome. if you guys want to awesome. do that. Andrew's got like Andrew's got like one fan working <laughs> on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Okay. So, uh, Theo, so let's I'll, let's I'll... just move naturally into you and your uh, your your fades here. So I, I David Montgomery's been a big fade for me at ADP. Um, like I don't like a, a couple of these running backs that I really don't like. Um, at ADP, like fifth round, we're looking at David Montgomery is um, 58 or something, 58 overall um, in main events the last few <laughs> days um, from Monday through Wednesday. Um, like, I'm definitely not taking him there, but I have taken him in the NFFC where he falls to like a ridiculous place where you're getting him in like the se- end of the seventh round. So I really don't like his situation, but I think structurally it can work for you in the in the in other formats so i don't want to call guys straight fades it's more fades at adp and and i'll kind of push back a little bit on Brees hall like Brees hall now where the correction goes to the fifth round like depending on your roster construction i think there's a scenario where you can get by a slow start for Brees hall and i think like the idea of taking Brees hall is kind of like you see a a smash over the last eight games kind of like rookie year miles sanders where he really closes out well um, that would be kind of my pushback on that. But again, most of the time in, in those ranges, I'm taking a wide receiver. So, um, you know, that's for me, I, I agree with like the fades of the, of the guys at ADP. Like I, it's I a, it's the Jonathan Taylor. It's uh, Theo. It's the Jonathan Taylor dip. Remember, remember Jonathan Taylor yeah. coming in the Heinz hype. Well, Everybody bought Heinz. Uh, JT was falling second, third round for like a short Marlin, time. The Marlon Mack, like the people were scared off because of Marlon Mack, like, I get it. And I think that um, I agree with Noah where the Jets offense could have like, you know, some, it's not like they're going to set the world on fire, but I think like Brees Hall has the two way ability 
where once it gets going, um, like, let's put it like this. I think we're taking Brees Hall next year in FFPC drafts in the top 18, 20 picks. So I think he's going to do enough to show us, you know, what he's about. And I don't think he's, I, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't put him as a fade, uh, but I agree with you completely on K makers. I think that's a great call by Noah. Um, I think that that's going to be an ugly situation for people who drafted him early. Um, you know, Andrew and I are in a main where he went like, like, like in the fourth round, it was gross. Um, David Montgomery, like I said, Zeke, I don't want any part of him at ADP, but hey, if, if those guys fall to crazy ranges, like Tommy the other day, Tommy, where'd you get David Montgomery in that prime time? He won uh, with the fifth pick in the eighth round. So there you go. And that, that's a great value. And it, for the way you draft, that was a fantastic pick. Yeah, yeah I, he, I had Singletary inserted there because he's a player that I'm targeting in that range. And when Montgomery fell... I was saying to myself, this is not a player that I like to build my rosters around, but the discount is just too good to pass up for the potential range of outcome for him. So I let Singletary go and wound up taking Montgomery. I mean, in my ranks, they're not separated by much. It's one or two. But again, just for price alone, I, I, feel, I felt like I had to do that, even though he's not a player that I'm looking at. Yeah, right. so to follow up on Brees Hall, you know, I think he's going to be sharing with Michael Carter much closer to 50-50 than people expect, especially early. And, you know, one of the other problems that I have with the Jets' offense is that I think Joe Flacco is their best quarterback. Sounds and like they, it. Yeah. And they don't really want to play Joe Flacco once uh, once their other guy's healthy. So I'm just – I'm not excited about it. I mean, I've got Brees Hall down with, like, Rashad Penny just for a – as far as where I have him projected now, yeah. I think he's a lot more. You know, I think he's really talented. I think he's really good, but uh, just I, I'm not drafting much of the Jets. And where I've been drafting, I've seen Brees Hall usually going around the 406, 407, somewhere in there. And it's just at that price, I would much rather take a good receiver and then you know come and address running backs later. There's actually running backs that I like. You know, eighth, ninth, tenth round. You know, just as much as the guys that are going in the fourth and fifth. So I don't feel the need to take a running back there. One, one guy I have none of is Damian Pierce. Dan, are you on, on the, the rookie running back in Houston? Um, I'm not off him, but I've struggled to get him. Yeah, that's that's kind of exactly like, how I feel. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, part of it may be a lot of the drafts I've had. I've been in the, I don't know. I've been in the 10, 11, 12 hole. And it seems like when it comes around to me, I'm not quite ready to take him. And then by the time it comes back to me, he's, he's long gone. Yeah. So, you know, that it sometimes just works that way with players. And uh, JD, Pierce, I think he's is one of those. He's heading up, though, JD. Like, I, I we saw he him is, in the sixth yeah. round, sixth, sixth yeah. round, Damian Pierce. Um, he's he's, you know, he's so, getting a little spendy. Yeah. I just took him in the ninth round in a draft today. Not um, bad. Yeah. I, That's great. I, That's great. I have a good amount of Damian Pierce overall. Yep. Let's see. Tommy, we didn't get to you on this one yet, did we? I'm sorry, Dan? We didn't get to you on this question. Fades and this uh, running back total fades. Did we get to you? I threw a Montgomery mention out there. Yep. Okay. Nick Chubb is another guy. Yep. Just, you know, every year it's the same story with Chubb. Uh, he's a great player, great natural runner. But for what Cleveland – Cleveland's showing you their hand every year and what they want to do. They have a top offensive line. Now the fact that they don't have Watson for a good portion of the season – they're just going to run the football and they're going to do it well. That's how good that offensive line is. But, you know, I feel, I fear that that team even favors Kareem Hunt. 
there's dedicated drives that they give to Hunt. It's not even a spelling situation. If Hunt's hot, Chubb is going to ride the bench for at least a couple of series. And, you know, his price is getting a little bit tempting now. And mm -hmm. to Dio's point about, you know, the main events, I, I feel he's another player that's going to be dropping, but not a player that I'm interested in. Yeah, Chubb, Chubb is one of those players that I, I'm consistently fading. It's not that I dislike the player. I just like the, dislike the ADP because he's so one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. And usually where he's going, I can get players that I, you know, I feel a lot better about uh, that they can score in different ways. You know, there, there's there's more outs for them to be a good pick for me than Nick Chubb, who I just basically need to get lots of yards and lots of touchdowns. Exactly. Um, Is it lack but, of ceiling, Dan? Lack of ceiling with Chubb? No, I Maybe. wouldn't really call it lack of ceiling. I'd just call it like there. it's, it's just a narrow path to that ceiling is probably the best good way, way to put it. it. Yeah, it's a good way to put okay. it. Um, so... Players I've been fading, uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, he's he's still not healthy. Uh, that definitely worries me. Um, I tend to fade running backs coming off ACLs their first year back anyway. Um, you know, he's saying all the right things, but uh, it sounds like Mike Davis is going to be carrying a lot of the load for the first couple weeks anyway. Montgomery we talked about. Josh Jacobs we talked about a little bit. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I, I just can't buy into it. I think um, Davis Maddock had a really good uh, series of tweets just kind of talking about the Kansas City running backs ever since uh, Mahomes started, um, you know, became the starter for the Chiefs under Reed. And, I mean, it's just, it's it's a consistent mess. And, it's a meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, so the last thing I want to do is, I, is, is to draft the most expensive Chiefs running back, you know, so it's, it's kind of like the old uh, Patriots thing. You know, you don't want to draft the most expensive Patriots running back. I don't want to draft the most expensive Chiefs running back. So I, I'm out on him. Um, same kind of thing in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders. I mean, this is a three-way committee. You know, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is in a, in a three-way committee most likely as well. And when you're talking about three-way committees, I probably don't want the first guy out of that committee uh, just in general. So, Give, give me Kareem Hunt two rounds later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Kenneth Walker um, also fade due to that injury. I just, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I have enough problems picking the right players. I don't need to add injuries that already exist on top of it, you know. So, Dan, um, I, Dan, I want to bring attention to the Buffalo backs because Tommy and I had a bit of a chat about that. Okay. Where are you on the Buffalo chat? Uh, the Buffalo uh, backs, Dan, with you know Cook there and Singletary, and what well, he showed us at the end of last year, and now Moss coming back in the picture. I. I have drafted a good bit of Singletary. I've kind of been laying off a little bit more lately um, since Moss has been coming back into the picture. I do have some cook, but uh, I'm probably heaviest on Singletary, and I do expect Singletary to probably have uh, the most usable weeks at the end of the season. But, okay. you know, it could go a lot of different ways there. And, and you know, again, part of the problem there is uh, Josh Allen is also one of the, the running backs when it comes to the goal line, so... Yeah, I've seen really Cook go ahead of Singletary in a couple of main yes. events. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, he, he, I mean, Singletary is a guy that I, you know, there are definitely situations where I'm like, you know, hey, I've been going zero running back or something. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take him in that range where he's going for sure. I just feel like if I'm drafting a Buffalo running back to start him in a league that I have to manage, Something has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're best either ball, that, best or, either that or you're you're yeah. in the extreme zero uh, RB uh, build there, which I don't I don't think you do a whole lot of that, do you know? 
not not to the extreme. You know, I saw a team the other day that I, I commented on where somebody just was they were they kept going zero RB just to establish the bit. And when you're <laughs> drafting, you know, your fifth and sixth wide receivers and it's guys that are not gonna help your team, like you know, you, you've got six receivers on your team already. Why are you taking Traylon Burks instead of getting a starting running back? I saw and that. then, you know, pinning yourself into a bunch of running backs that you probably should present, project for zero points week one. You know, like, I'm, I'm fine with going zero RB if, if the value lines up for it and you can get – basically, you, you pin yourself into a position where you have to get yourself out of it. And successfully getting yourself out of it is the the key to drafting zero RB teams. You've got to be able to find the right running back values late, and if you can do that, it works great. But if you know if you're drafting guys that are stone zeros, then it doesn't really make any sense. All right, totally. Okay, well, we are almost in an hour, so I think let's move on to wide receivers so we can try to get wide receivers and tight ends in here. Is everybody doing good on time? we got about another half an hour, everybody? Yeah. Okay, good. cool. All right. Um, let's. Uh, let, are you guys fading any wide receivers from the top 12 wide receivers? Um, again, kind of per ADP. Uh, I think we all have a pretty general idea of you know, who those receivers are. So, you know, we can be a little literal with that, but uh, out, of, out of top receivers, who are we fading? Um, Theo, who do, who do you got for fades? Anybody in the top 12? So I'll, I'll do a cop-out because I'm taking wide receiver 14, but he goes <laughs> close enough to the top 12. Keenan Allen is my fade. Um, I think that he had the second most targets of his career last year. Um, I also think it's a changing of the guard. I think Mike Williams is going to finish – considerably higher than Keenan Allen. Um, and I also think Josh Palmer is going to be used a little bit. Um, so you have a, basically a situation where Keenan Allen, even if his targets go down 10%, I think he's going to finish like wide receiver 24 type range. Um, I don't see a whole lot of like upside scenarios unless he has like a, a weird touchdown year. So for me, it's, it's Keenan Allen, but draft Mike Williams. All right. Um, Tommy. Um, seem in that range as well, like, you know, lower tiered. I'm fading A.J. Brown, just a <gasps> player that I never really targeted. Oh, wrong, wrong answer. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Dan, don't worry. I got you invited this hold guy. On, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Check, please. Oh, or is it this one? All right. <laughs> I think it's All right, Tommy, out. any words for us on your way out? Um. <laughs> hey, you made it to two shows. That's good. That's not bad. <laughs> It's it's not about AJ Brown in the in the top fifteen ish. It's it's just that top ten. I have a hard time with him because where he's going, I just love Michael Pittman, and I have a hard time. I would have a hard time taking Brown over him because I I get what AJ Brown's doing for this offense. He's the perfect receiver for Hertz when he's out scrambling, but he's just so physical, and during the course of his career, he's gotten banged up. And I hate to keep reverting to the injury bug because that's not how you want to draft, but it's something that plays a role in your mind, especially where he's surrounded by Pittman, he's surrounded by Higgins, he's surrounded by Waddle. These are receivers that I really like versus an A.J. Brown where I've yet to see a full season scope of work to really pinpoint his 
projections correctly. They're almost never what they're going to be on your paper. It's, it's there. It can't happen. I just don't like him in a top 10. Top 15, top 20, yes. All right. Fair. And for, and for the rebuttal, J.D.? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> RB6. I mean, wide receiver six, man, A.J. Brown. I think he's such a value. I think he's going to eat all kinds in Philly. We talk, People talk about how great this offense is going to be. You see Hurts going way ahead of where you want to take him in, in pretty much every draft. Where do you think that's going to go? I mean, I just think this offense, they brought him in. They're paying him money. You know, yeah, you've got the whole breakfast. What did you call that, Dan? The breakfast uh, narrative or whatever it is, oh, yeah, dinner, yeah. whatever the hell it is. They, you know, they, they, they go out together and go to movies or have, share their popcorn, whatever it is. I, I just think there's so many uh, good reasons why this works out. And I love the fact that he's, he's not expected to, you know, to give you that production because he's going in the third round. He's, you, you name some of the guys that he's going after. Like, I'll take A.J. Brown over Evans at this point. Uh, to me, he's after Diggs and, and Lamb after the top three. That's where I see uh, A.J. Brown for me. He's the wide receiver six. I, I just love everything in Philly, and I think he's going to be the, the, you know, the head of the arrow for that thing. All right. Uh, sounds good. And um, any, any fades for you in the top 12-ish receivers, J.D.? Uh, receivers would be Debo. I'm surprised his name didn't come up again. Just, you know, you guys know how much I love Debo, you know, one of my favorite, if not favorite, uh, receiver, just, I think you're drafting him at his ceiling. Like we've seen his best season, you know, it's, it, that's, that's my worry with him and it, it's always opportunity cost. I just like other pieces around there. I'm a little iffy on Hill. I don't want to totally fade Hill or Debo for that matter. You still want some of it, but, um, I just, I worry, Dan, and I heard you talking to, to Scott about this, that Miami offense, you know, it, it just, it does worry me a bit. I, I could totally see this being like a running offense for some reason. And, you know, them not necessarily leaning on Tua, and that would definitely hurt Hill's, Hill's value, in my opinion. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Noah, would you, would you like to throw any more dirt on Tommy or, and or uh, come up with a, a fade from the top 12? I, I don't have a problem with A.J. Brown, where he's going. Um, I, I took him at 311 the other day, and uh, I, I liked that. I was right after taking Pitts and uh, Diggs. So I started Diggs, yep. Pitts, A.J. Brown. I thought that was a pretty good opening. Um, but as far as top 12 guys that I'm not interested in, Tyree Kill is one of them. Um, not taking much Tyree Kill. Uh, his efficiency has dropped off each of the last three seasons. Well, you know, the last two seasons from his really good high efficiency season. And the Chiefs have tried to make up for that by giving him more targets each year. And that it, it really has spiraled down as far as how efficient he's been with the opportunities that he's been given. And I think that, you know, he, he asked for more money and they were, uh, you know, ready to move on as it was. So, I just think that him moving over to Miami into a new offense, I think that things have the potential to blow up in Miami and and, and not go well just from a, a team chemistry standpoint. And, you know, Tyreek's been dropping in efficiency. So for me, um, Tyreek Hill is a fade. What, what do you yeah. think of that Gesicki news, Noah? Like, does that does that open it up a bit more for, for some of these guys going at these high prices or you think it doesn't really change anything? The coaches walked that back some, I don't, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in the Miami passing game that much. Yeah. You know, for, for me, I'll take Chase Edmonds in the middle of the eighth round 
as my you know running back two in a situation where I've gone zero RB. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine taking Chase Edmonds. People are down on Chase because that running back room is a mess with all the people that they've signed. You know, they brought in everybody and their dog, but. I think Chase is going to be the guy that gets the majority of the carries there. But the rest of that team, you know, Waddle is interesting if he falls into the fourth, especially, you know, middle of the fourth. I'm interested in, in taking Jalen Waddle, but I'm, I'm less interested in spending a second-round pick on Tyreek Hill. And then also the other, you know, top 12 wide receiver that I'm off of is Mike Evans. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm off um... – Tyreek Hill as well, uh, for the same reasons that Noah listed. Uh, you know, I, I, I think if we're drafting Tyreek, we're, we're drafting him, and we're drafting Jalen where we're drafting him, uh, then why the hell is Tua not a top-eight quarterback? Mm-hmm. Um, Good question. You know, and, you, you know, to me, the thing I'm surest about is that Tua is not a top-eight quarterback, which means that Tyreek and Waddle are definitely going too high. Um, I have a little bit less problem with Waddle's ADP, uh, and he does sometimes fall a little bit, you know, like he falls to the end of the fourth round. I'm interested at the beginning of the fourth round, probably not so much, but at the end, definitely Debo is another one I'm fading. Uh, you know, again, just due to the, you know, everything came together for him so perfectly last year. Uh, the types of, um, routes he's asked to run the, you know, all the, the, uh, running back, uh, carries that he takes, um, it's just tough on a guy with his frame. Uh, you know, he's, I know he's, he's a tough guy. He, he toughs it out. You know, he's not somebody who's going to, uh, you know, play hurt and milk it. But on the other hand, I'm just, I'm, I'm terrified of, uh, you know, him getting totally body slammed by a 250 pound linebacker. Um, and and so you I, would think, Dan, a lot, some of that volume is going to go to Ayuk now that Lance can actually chuck the ball down the field. Right, back. right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's a good point too. So, uh, and, and also to Noah's point, um, I've, you know, we'll, we'll go back to the running backs for a second. I've, I'm a huge Edmund stan. Um, I've, uh, I, I think I've got Theo converted or maybe he converted himself. No, no, no. I convert, I, I converted Andrew. I was always I, on yeah, the Edmund Theo and I converted Andrew at, at basically at the point of a sword. I mean, we're like those old time, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Catholic, Catholic priests, you know, coming over to the new world and, you know, he's. Are you, are you sure you're not an Edmonds fan? I think you need to be an Edmonds fan. Um, and we're, we're working on JD. We'll get him there. But uh, it may take a little more effort with JD. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, I was, and I was smiling. He'll never convert. He's acquiesced. He's acquiesced. Yeah, I was smiling because I, we, you literally just like a couple of days ago were, were already warming me up on headlines yes. on, on a football guys that we're building. So it's, I love how you just set the table, you know, and and then oh Noah's talking about it. That's why I was laughing. I was like Dan's gonna love this. Oh yeah, I'm totally <laughs> setting the table on it. <laughs> All right, um, let's see. Uh, are there? Are there any wide receivers going, let's let's say, in the first 10 rounds that are just on your do not draft list? Uh, I mean, I know once we get into the later rounds, it kind of, you know, it, it really becomes a matter of choice and preference. But um, in the first 10 rounds, are there any guys where you're just like, man, I'm just absolutely not taking him at all? Uh, and let's, let's start with Noah. First eight rounds, I mean, probably Traylon Burks. I'll just, I'll let that situation develop. I, I feel like somebody's going to draft Traylon Burks in, in most of the leagues that I'm in. And probably half of those guys will end up dropping him before he's 
uh, a value anyway, you know, because if, if Traylon Burks is going to do something for you, it's going to be later in the year. So he's going to be one of those guys, I think, that maybe somebody drafts him, they hold him for, you know, four or five weeks, and then they get into bye weeks and they say, oh, I, I need a, I need to drop somebody to pick up a kicker, and they'll drop Traylon Burks, and that'll be the time that you actually want to invest in him. So in, in that range, you know, probably Traylon Burks is a guy that I'm not going to have much of just because I don't have – high expectations for the early season and uh Kadarius Tony is another one just because I, I like the player he just can't stay healthy it seems like there's always some new nagging injury um outside of that there's a lot of receivers that I like a lot in the fifth sixth seventh round area you know that's that's kind of a, a target zone for me so who's your favorite uh, who's your favorite in there oh man there's so, so many um, I mean, I, I like I like uh, Brandon Cooks in there. I like Hollywood Brown in there. I like Emmanuel Ross St. Brown in there. Um, I mean, there, there's there's just a lot of guys that I like. I, I like taking Brandon. Yeah, I like taking Brandon Ayuk in the eighth or ninth round. Um, it's just it's, there's, there's just a, a bunch of guys. Yeah, Theo, Theo, and, and Dan and Andrew have me taking Ayuk everywhere now. I'm just he's he, like my wide receiver, <laughs> especially when you build those. You know, you take your take Cook and then you piss yellow, and he's like your wide receiver six. You're like, oh yeah, this is champ right now. Ayuk, my wide receiver six. You know? Yeah, I All like right. it. Sounds good. Let's uh, let's move to Tommy. I'm interested to find out if there are in fact any wide receivers that Tommy will not draft. I'm afraid <laughs> to even go over this list. <laughs> Should I put you on full screen? You want to yeah. smell it? <laughs> uh, as far as expecting, you know, substantial output from someone, Amari Cooper just scares me, especially without Watson there. I, I'm seeing him being drafted as teams wide receiver one sometimes, wide receiver two, and I just don't think you're going to get that. Brissett's a good quarterback and all. They're going to force feed Cooper, but Cooper fades way too much, and he's faded with good quarterback play. I completely suspect that he's going to fade a lot earlier than we think and he's not going to come back another guy in that range as well is um christian kirk we every year we seem to forget about you know marvin jones i, I think he's a superior athlete he's very underrated i think they're going to pepper kirk with targets but as far as the yards and even touchdowns perhaps i, I really think that marvin jones is a guy that you can get much later than kirk who's going to give you not the same value because I, I do think Kirk will get the receptions, but he's going to challenge it at the very least. All right. Sounds good. Noah, who you got? Or, I, let's see. Did, did we hit you on that, Noah? You kind oh, of yeah, 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 I did. He, yeah, he went. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I think I'm, I'm thinking thinking about on this one. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So for, for, me, it's, uh, for me, it's Robert Woods. Um, you're starting to see him creep up a little bit. Like... The tra it's it's like a, the, as soon as Traylon Burks dropped, you saw people start pushing Woods. I'm in a main event slow draft right now, and 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 Woods went like ahead of Devonta Smith, um, and uh, ahead of Chris Olave. I just think when you're in that range of the draft, um, I want upside. I want guys that can crush their ADP, and I think Woods is just like kind of like a purgatory pick, where even if he hits. He's, he's going to be the kind of guy where you don't really feel great about starting him. Um, and I don't see a whole lot of upside. I think that offense is, is going to struggle. Um, and for him to be a wide receiver one there, I don't know. It's, it, it's not a guy I see myself ever, ever pressing the draft button on. 
based on the way he where he's going right now. Okay, um, JD, who who do you have for uh, fades in the the first? Tennis round. Yeah, I was just going to add on Cooper. I, I feel like Cooper is one of those guys that does well in a good situation, and, and that's not what he's in for the first 11 games, if not the whole season. So I think, Dan, I was telling you, uh, I forget who I was listening to, but just talking about how Brissett, you know, usually focuses. He's shown us historically, especially in, in, in Indianapolis, focusing on the wide receiver one and the tight end one. And, yeah, that that leans in Cooper's favor. But, again, I, because I feel Cooper – he's like if you sent Cooper as, as, uh, as a A.B., in Tampa last year, I think he'd crush. He would crush in that situation, right? But I just feel like he's not going to lead your team into victory if your team is not already heading there. That's how I feel about Cooper. So I think in Dynasty, he's you can maybe buy him low this year and and you know get him for have him for next year. But this year, he's definitely not um, someone I'm uh, I'm dodging. I love a lot of these receivers in here. Kind of like uh, like Noah. I'm looking around and there's a lot of guys. Claypool, maybe I have less of. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, I was going to say Robert Woods, Theo, you stole my thunder. I was going to say Robert Woods because I like to have fun. And I mean, how fun is trying to stack Tannehill and Woods, you know? So probably Robert Woods is the guy I have the least of in, in all of them. All right. Yeah. Um, you, you guys basically hit mine. Um, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods. I thought I was going to have to throw up the shield uh, from JD when I said Chase Claypool, but it sounds like... Um, he, he may not shoot spitballs at me for the rest of the show anyway, so um, he's, he's fading him already. Yeah, I, I, I just think uh, I think George Pickens is going to eat Claypool alive. Um, you know, I just wish we could play Claypool at tight end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely, Noah. Yeah. That, I mean, in a, different, in a different world, Claypool is, is like our second-round pick in FFPC this year. Just send him to Green so Bay. So excited about him, him at tight end. Yep. <laughs> so... Yeah, and uh, honestly, I mean, I I think Pickens is going to be, you know, I'll go out on on a limb. This is my bold prediction. I think Pickens is going to be a top 20 receiver this year. Oh, wow. That's nice. Let's let's take one from the, uh, from 1912 Fantasy, uh, or let's see, was that it? Yep. Yeah, the the, uh, Green Bay and KC situation. Um, so let's do it this way. We'll go around the horn real quick. We all know the ADPs. You can pick one guy from, and you have to pick one guy from Green Bay, and you have to pick one guy from KC at ADP. Um, that you're re- avoiding. What that, that you're taking? That you're avoiding, right? Oh, that you're no, taking. That you're taking. Okay. So you're get this is this is who you do want, um, factoring in their ADP. And so everything. even though the show is called, t- I'm yes, joking, Dan. yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're, we're trying to trap people with the show. I style. will be fading. I like Nicole it. Hardman. Yes. I li- <laughs> hey, I All saw right. him go so early in a draft today. I was like, this guy must must have been in a tunnel for the past like three months because he was drafting Hardman. He was so happy about his KC stack and he threw Hardman in there. And I was like, dude, wait to her. Wait <laughs> okay. So um, let's let's start with Tommy. We'll go around the horn. Uh, who, who are you taking in Green Bay at ADP and who are you taking in KC? At ADP, if you have to take one of each, I'm I'm really liking Lazard still. I, I think he's on the same path that Devontae Adams was on last year. He had eight touchdowns. I, I think he's going to resume the wide receiver one role. I know Dobbs is coming up, but Lazard is starting out just like Adams, as I mentioned. Um, you know, Green Bay has a way of drafting these receivers that start out a little bit slower. He's in the system. He has a rapport with Rodgers. I really like where he's going. 
and I like Sky Moore a lot as well in the going in. I think he's going in the eighth round or so. I, I like what he offers to that offense. He's a bit of a gadget player, and Andy Reid's just going to maximize that talent, full you know circle. It, it's it's going to happen for him at some point, almost maybe in like a Debo Samuel kind of a role, and you can get him six rounds later, where Debo's going. So I really like Sky Moore. Okay. In, in that role. Um, I was high on Alan Lazard relative to ADP back when he was going in the double digit rounds. Now he's going up kind of seventh round. And yeah, you know, I think that's more fair. He, he, he may still outperform ADP there, but it gets a, the value gets a lot more thin where he's going in the seventh, as opposed to when he was double digit rounds. Uh, if I'm taking somebody on green Bay, I'm going to take their number one receiver. I'm going to take Aaron Jones. <laughs> and then, yeah. and that's then if cheating. I'm, you're cheating. No, I'm I cheating. agree with that. Yeah. And then, and then if I'm, if I'm going to take somebody on the chiefs, I'm just going to go super cheap and I will take uh, Jarek McKinnon at the end of the draft. Okay. We're, we're, we're really going for wide receivers only. You have a receivers only. Yes. I mean, Juju, now he's going in the fourth and the fifth. Uh, that's rich for me. So, you know, there's a bunch of guys that I'd much rather have. Like I'd rather have Hollywood Brown than Juju. So, you know, I, it's hard for me to pull the trigger on Juju there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really drafting many KC receivers at ADP, though somebody is probably going to outperform. It's just finding that somebody, um, you know, at MVS, I guess you could just take cheap and hope that he catches a few touchdowns for you. I think MVS is going in the 12th or the 13th. So if I'm taking a receiver, it's probably MVS just because he's cheaper. And okay. then uh, running backs, though, I'm going to take whichever one's the cheapest. So you know, Pacheco, it was fine to take him for a while, but now that he's moved up into the seventh or eighth round, I'm not taking Pacheco. I'm, I'm going to take Jarek McKinnon. All right. 15th or 16th. Theo, who you got for uh, Green Bay? So it's, fu- it's funny because, you know, two months ago, I would have never said I'd be drafting Alan Lazard. But you, you find, kind of find out, like, how, how you really feel about somebody when you're on the clock. And I've taken Lazard three times in the last maybe three weeks. Uh, I took him twice in, in, in NFFC OCs. Uh, and then I took him in an, in an FFWC 350. Um, and he just kind of goes in a range where you could see him really beating his ADP. Like he's wide receiver 34. Um, and I think it do, it's not going to take a whole lot for him to be wide receiver 20. Um, he's 6'5". He's like 215. I think he's got a chance to, to do some work in the red zone, and, and Rodgers is calling him out. So it's easily, easily Lazard for me. Um, and then I, I kind of agree with Noah where I like other receivers around him more, but I still think that Juju is probably my favorite pick there. Um, I, I think that he's going to be okay. Um, so, like, if you're in one of these weird boards where, like, wide receiver gets pushed up, I'm not scared of him, but at the end of the day, I'm still t- – I agree with Noah. I'm taking Brandon Cooks, Hollywood Brown, probably Jerry Judy ahead of him. But but Judy and him is close. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Tommy on this one. I think, uh, you know, I reluctantly, uh, Alan Lazard, uh, I, I'd love to be able to say Dobbs, but I just don't trust Aaron Rodgers to ever throw to a rookie, so – I can't go there. Uh, you know, when Dubs was cheap, when he was in the, you know, 14th, 15th round, it was really easy to draft him and just, you know, 
maybe he comes on a little bit in the second half of the year, but um, it's it's pretty tough where he's at right now. And then, um, yeah, Sky Moore, I think if, you know, gun to my head at ADP, um, he's probably the guy because I think in the second half of the season, he could be the guy who's really emerging um, in that wide receiver court. And JD, what do you got? Yeah, I think it's funny. Uh, these guys are opposites when you look at the quarterbacks, right? Like, like Rogers is a guy you don't mind getting naked when you're when you're building a roster. Whereas, whereas Mahomes, like everybody's like, oh, these guys are so cheap. I can just stack up all his receivers uh, with him. So, kind of two separate scenarios. Uh, but I agree. I mean, on on Green Bay, Dan, we just added Lazard in the eighth on a football guys because we took Dalvin Cook in the first round. He's our wide receiver four. It gives us kind of that Green Bay, Minnesota, you know, week 17 type of a thing, and it fits our roster nicely. It also, once you take Lazard, opens up um, Rodgers as, as a possible stack because he does go after in the one QBs. So I think it's really, for me, roster dependent and, and what's going on in the build. But again, I just, I find it, the polarizing is interesting. For me, Tanyan is, is probably the, the only other receiver I want in green bay um and i agree with everything you guys said about the uh the kc uh receivers just with you know juju you, you don't want to completely fade him but he is kind of going in an area where you prefer other guys and then the other guys you can just sprinkle in here and there but i'm not super heavy on any of them all right sounds good then uh we'll, let's just segue since he was talking about timing let's just segue into the tight ends um any any fades from your tight end list at ADP? Let's just kind of lump them all together. Um, you know the basically the you know first twenty tight ends or so. Are, are there any guys that you're fading completely, um, Theo? So from the the upper like the top top tier, Dan, or you want to just go all? Tight yeah, ends? just all. Let's let's just go okay, with so the top top twenty me, tight ends. For me, it's it's Dawson Knox where he's going. Um, I think that he was just kind of so touchdown dependent last year. I had Dawson Knox on a ton of teams. I was happy to get, get the points from it. So um, did Josh Allen. A hundred percent. But I just think like Noah, like you get, you get Dawson Knox. It seems like sometimes he's kind of in his own little mini tier, like mm -hmm. where he's like the start of that weird tight end zone. So for me, like I don't see myself having a whole lot of Dawson Knox. Um, Unless for some reason I had a Josh Allen team, and then I I do think that it's worth maybe a double bet on the stack. But I think that other than that, I don't think I'm going to draft Dawson Knox at all, just because of the fact that he's in his own little mini tier. Okay, um, let's let's go to JD next. Yeah, I'm trying to see guys I have less of. Uh, like Everett's a guy I don't have a lot of that I've been adding more of. Uh, Hunter Henry, I know Andrew loves Hunter Henry. He's, you know, unless I have Mac Jones and I'm looking for some kind of weird stack, late stack, um, not usually a guy I'm looking for. I like the possibilities that Irv Smith offers in that offense. Pat Firemuth just depends where he falls. Alberto, you guys know I was all over him. Uh, maybe slow down a little bit just with, with the news and stuff. But even that, if he keeps falling, I mean, I, I feel like he's going to, he's going to be, uh, could be value going into this season i think it's pretty flat dan like when you look at the top 20 uh and joku like in at you know kind of at the back end of the 20 he offers pretty nice upside you know again not not too many targets out there in, in cleveland we talked about Brissett focusing on the tight end so 
I mean, there's not necessarily someone I'm, I'm fading, fading because we are usually mostly drafting FFPC tight end premiums, and you like to sprinkle all these guys in there. Um, yeah, shout out to the to the porn uh, sites for uh, reaching out to us. We appreciate being noticed and uh, reaching that uh, that pedestal. <laughs> Indeed, um, Tommy, any uh, any tight end fades out of the top twenty or so? Yeah, I'm definitely fading Darren Waller this year. Um, and a lot of that has to do with that Raiders offensive line. They lost three guys since the start of camp, really. Um, whether it was retirement, guys are not really developed that they drafted last year. I do like the coaches that they have in place. I, I, I think Priscilla, who was an understudy with those Patriot teams, is an, ex- an excellent coach who may expedite that process. But I think that Waller is going to have to now by default help out on that offensive line a little bit, whether it's chip blocking, whatever you, whatever have you, even though that's not in his wheelhouse and they do have the tight ends on that roster to do that. I just think it's going to show you what they're going to look like on offense once Waller's in there. And I think because of those offensive line struggles, his numbers are going to suffer a little bit. That contract thing is weird too, though, with with Waller right now. Doesn't it seem kind of it's kind of weird because he's missing. He came What's back. What's that deal? Well, well, let's go around. Is it is it really a hamstring or is it a hamstring? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's weird. Yeah. That's a weird one. Yeah, I, I think he wants a new contract, but uh, I don't think he'll hold out of real games, but he's holding out of camp. And he probably wants it before the season for. Uh... For Adams takes all his targets. Yeah. Yes. A little bit of that going on. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, Noah. I'm not taking much of Darren Waller either, just because he usually, you know, in FFPC, he goes at the end of the second round, and that's pretty rich for me. You know, end of the second, early third, I'd rather take some other guys there. So I don't have much of Darren Waller. I also don't have really any of Zach Ertz, which. Uh, he's he's a he's doable in tight end premium just because he gets a lot of receptions. But I don't want to be betting on a guy at his age, especially with all of the other things that you know Kyler's got to throw to. Maybe Zach Ertz plays well for the first few games, but once Hopkins comes back, that thins out a little bit, and Zach Ertz becomes a less viable play. Uh, I did like what Theo said about Dawson Knox, where he's going because you, you get that first set of you know, eight or nine tight ends, and then you have Dawson Knox, and then usually there's two rounds where nobody really goes, and then you get the Cole Komet, Pat Fryermuth, um, Mike Gusecki, kind of kind of that group. I really like waiting and just taking some combination of Gerald Everett and David Njoku and, and guys like that. Um, also like Austin Hooper as a really late guy that you can get, you know, and especially for tight end premium, just stick him in your flex on a bye week when you need to get some uh, some points just to, to fill in for somebody that's that's on a bye. So I, I do like Gerald Everett. You know, one of my hot takes this year is that he's going to be a tight end one, uh, along with you know the really big season that I'm expecting out of Justin Herbert. So he, uh, he could be he could be this year's Dawson Knox, actually. If you think about yeah, it. it's a great yeah, great call, Jason. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. This year it's Hunter Henry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm fading uh, Dawson Knox. Not 
not so much because I, you know, I do think he's going to have a, a strong role in the Buffalo offense still. But I think, I think those those touchdowns are just bound to come down. You know, I think he's much more likely to score, uh, you know, four, five, six touchdowns rather than you know nine or whatever it was last year. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is another one that I'm I'm really fading because I think that he just really ideally fit the skill set that uh, you know Ben Roethlisberger had. You know, which was basically can't throw the ball deep, wants to get rid of the ball fast. Um, you know, Fryermuth is not he's not like a guy who's going to get real deep. I mean, his average depth at target was was way on down there. So, you know, for that reason, I'm kind of fading him a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be centered a little bit more on the on Najee and uh, the wide receivers. You know, I, I don't think Farmer's a terrible pick, but I just, where Knox and Farmer's are going, it's just so much, there's so much else that I want to draft there. It's because um, it's because Evan Ingram's going in the same round as him. He went in the same round as him last night's main <laughs> event. Dan, just say it. Come on. Yes, yes, I, it, <laughs> and yes, I, I I have a thing for late round tight ends. I think we all know this by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking in the you know uh, Noah was was sharing his tight end strategy in, uh, in in a chat. You know, talking about you know he's bunching together those three or four late round tight ends. Um, you know, when he's putting together his teams and. You know that's basically the thing. Same thing I've been doing all you know all off season. You know when you when, once you get to like the Irv Smith tier, that's that's where my ears perk back up, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know anywhere from Irv Smith down through like Brevin Jordan, I want three of those guys, and you know that allows me to really hammer at wide receiver and running back early, and then I'll just go back and I'll I'll grab three of those guys. And if we're talking about a, an NFFC draft. Two of them is plenty because there's going to be guys on the waiver wire a lot more in the NFFC than there is in FFPC. We got Gerald Everett and and Njoku free, Dan. Yeah. Our draft, like the like the end of the uh, end of the draft. Right. Exactly. And uh, there was there was still a couple tight ends that weren't drafted. Um, you know that I I would have been happy with. So um, you know it it wasn't even like we got the last of the you know the tier or anything like that. Okay, um, so we're we're at a buck thirty here. Um, I think we've pretty much hit all the positions. Anybody have anything else? Um, Gee, I think I think Noah Noah was going to bust something for us. He's going to do an arm curl. Right. Or he's you, gonna, you guys uh, talk about something. I'll I'll lift a weight. All right, two. I'm going to do right. a quick quick listener league, Dan, because I didn't talk about it earlier and I said I would. So for you guys who sent us your information, you would have already received an email. Check your email. We are going to be doing a two-hour Superflex Best Ball Tournament number two, $35 buy-in, ten grand for first on uh, on the FFPC. Shout out to our partners at the FFPC who hooked everybody in the ter- in the uh, entry up with their entry. And we are not and we are not affiliated with the Cougar District. It's not. It's not an offshoot. It's not JD's JD's uh, new, new podcast venture at all. That, We're that, not affiliated. Right, but we can give you a discount code for La Quinta. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Just use the code Shellen. All right. Are we ready, guys? <laughs> All, right, All right. Let's, let's get. Let's hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Go man. for it. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do some ninety-pound overhead dumbbell presses. Here we go. All right. No warm up. Excellent form by by Noah too. I'll comment. Yes. Love it. Very good, Noah. Oh, 
I see you're trying to avoid doing the Ken Walker there. That was awesome. That was awesome. See Noah, Noah, man. Every every time he comes on, just entertains, drops the nuggets, entertains, lifts, wrist injuries for your entertainment. Guys, smash the like. And like Matthew's saying, hopefully our insurance covers all of this stuff because uh, up here in Canada, I don't know, man. It's not the same as down there, you know, with the insurance. Yeah, it's a, that's an easy lift. No problem. <laughs> this has been a blast, guys. Like I said, always one of my favorite shows. Noah, remind the peeps where they can find you. Noah's an awesome follow, guys, on Twitter, whether you're into fantasy, into crypto, into anything, man. Noah's just uh, one of those deep guys that uh, once you get to peel the layers, he's got a lot to offer. So make sure you follow him on on the Twitter machine. Noah, remind them your handle, my friend. Just Noah Riddell, R-U-D-D-E-L-L, easy. Easy peasy. Tommy. I just post about what I want to, so you know, if you like it, stick around. If you don't, there's the door. Totally. Oh, you guys will like it for sure. Tommy, Moose on a Hill, appreciate the goods, brother. Uh, remind the peeps where all your goodness is dropped. Easily becoming one of my favorite dudes out there in fantasy. We appreciate you coming back again on the district, brother. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you guys can check me out on Twitter at Moose on a Hill. I put out a podcast once a week on um, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Moose on a Hill, one word, high stakes fantasy football podcast. Every Saturday that comes out with a new episode, I think I'm going to keep it going into the, the season, maybe do like a waiver wire kind of a show or some sort. And uh, maybe uh, if you guys want, I have a three pound weight here. Stay tuned. I can show you what I can do. I dare you Link up with Noah as well. Um, I learned a lot from him just by listening to him on the show. So I, I look forward to link, syncing up with him in the future. Yeah. Guys, check out Tommy. Check out Noah on the Twitter machine. Check out Dan, the overhyped sleeper. No E on the man. On the, on the, man. On the end. Uh, the guy's drafting like this, it's nobody's business. Theo, the OG fantasy. The man is an animal. That's the only way to describe Theo. He's an animal. He's drafting. He's booking guests. He's all over the place. He loves fantasy football more than anyone you know. I would put anything I own on that. Theo, tell the people what's coming next on the district. So tomorrow night I'll be drafting an FFPC main event uh, with Biplop Mandel, who's a well-known FFPC player, um, really sharp guy, he's a former guest of the show, and we're going to be splitting a team out of the 11 hole. And then Monday night we're going to be doing a live FFPC main event, um, the four of us, Andrew, Dan, JD, and I. Um, we're, going to be, we're going to be doing a, a Millie Billies, um, and it's going to be awesome. And then next week we have the auction show to end all auction shows with NFFC Hall of Famer Chris Eibel and Jack Hahn, uh, along with the overhyped sleeper who I would put up against anybody in the high stakes auction realm. Um, I'll put Dan up against anybody. So those three guys together, it'll be the best auction podcast you've ever listened to. Uh, there'll be actionable information for anybody who plays auction um, and really anybody who plays high stakes because Jack Hahn and Chris Eibel are absolute killers who have made you know six figures plus easily uh, the two of them, they're they're extremely sharp. That show's going to be fire. Um, and then I'm also going to have Jacob Sanderson on next week um, for a press coverage. And then we will see the return of Dwayne McFarland soon on a date to be uh, to be announced. Nice, nice. And guys, go check out press coverage. Theo sat down with uh, Dalton Cates Dalton? Yeah. and uh, and Dan with uh, Scott Pianowski from Yahoo Sports one on one. Just just some like tons of goodness guys in both those episodes 
go check him out. Make sure you subscribe. Theo told you all the goodness that's coming up. We appreciate all you guys, guys. We just passed 500 subs on YouTube. We appreciate all the support from you guys. Keep it coming. We're going to keep it coming in your face to help you guys win your leagues this year. We'll check you all. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. Fish.